Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Indie Film Review, where the society in which we live is being lived in. Yeah. And the films that we watch are full of society. Hmm, yes. <laughs> we are the Independent Film Podcast, where you will submit your film to us, and we will watch it and turn it back to you with our critical eye and uh, tell yes. you to fix things. Or, or just say that your film means this in terms of the economic status of uh, I don't Hollywood you were going so well <laughs> you were doing so well because like you really had us nailed you're like here's all the dumb shit that reviewers do including us yeah and then you dropped it you dropped the ball but yeah that's true uh society we do live in it us saying this has nothing to do with the film we just were joking around earlier about yes. society so it came up again anyway did you introduce me no I did not uh, that's Jared what the fuck <laughs> What the fuck? People are going to be so confused. They're like, who's this other person talking? Did I even say my name? My name's Dan. I don't even think you said your name. Oh my God. That's Dan. He's also part of the podcast. I introduced wow. it. You are not allowed you, to introduce the Yeah, I was going to say, anymore. you should never let me do that ever again. I said, hey, Dan, you want to introduce the show? He's like, yeah, sure. Oh, I could do it. It's going to go so well. That's you. That's what you sound like. All right, anyways. So uh, we reviewed a film called Warpath. Ooh, uh, Warpath. 2019, I believe. It was sent to us by Casey DeFremery, who is the writer and director of Warpath. Uh, Dan? Yes? What the Smurf is Warpath? Warpath is about a dude who's a hitman, and he, he's been tasked with his hit manager... <laughs> that's the best thing you've ever said <laughs> holy shit okay all right his hit manager says hey hitman um i need you to go on this final job well not final job but it was like you you got to get paid and uh, people are doing it less for you or than you but he, his whole mission is to go to this crooked cop or whatever and steal this dirt that he has on this mafia boss and he does it, and then he finds out that there's a lot of information that he has been kept in the dark about by working for this guy named Frank, I think. No, it's the it's the hit manager now. The hit manager. <laughs> because I had his name as Crime Boss in my notes. That's out the window. It's definitely <laughs> going to be hit manager from now on. That's crazy. It's a new archetype that we can label everybody in that kind of movie. Anyway, his wife gets involved because his wife is part of the tapes, and all he wants to do is just be John Wick, you know? Get out of the biz. Yeah. But except for Puppy, you got Wifey? Yeah. And Wifey is only a hostage and not dead, so that's kind of better, right? You would think. Let's get into Warpath, because, I mean, with a name like Warpath, it's just so intimidating and mm -hmm. masculine. How did you feel about the overall plot of this movie i i mean i was entertained with it throughout i feel like the i feel like there was certain points of the movie that surprised me and there were certain parts of the movie that were just like i don't know i don't want to call it cliche but it just it, the writing didn't deliver surprises i guess so mm. it was half and half. Like it was a couple of good narrative spots and then a couple of spots like, okay, let's get to the next scene. There were some classic action movie cliches in this. Yeah. 
some I enjoyed, some I'm kind of like, I kind of wish we didn't really go down that road. But overall, I thought the plot was serviceable to the point where it kept the action going. But the real thing with this movie is the twists. There's so many twists yes. in this where it's like, you don't know what's going to go on. So I guess my next question for you is, did you enjoy the twists? Did they all work for you? So, I mean, anytime that a narrative is trying to give me a twist, I, I typically, you know, try to indulge it the best I can. But they were not what kept me in the movie. You know what I okay. mean? There was maybe one or two that surprised me, but most of them were like just servicing the narrative. It, that's not what drew me into the plot. What drew me into the plot was um, the cast. I think a lot of the acting, especially with the hit manager and his son, like they were the two best fucking actors in this movie. It's like they were they were insane. Uh, you're talking about Eric. That's yes. the character's name. Eric. Yes. Yeah. I thought the acting was really good in this movie. But Dan, do you have a question for me? Yes, um, and this is not a critique. Mm. This is just simply me asking you a question, okay? Do not read too far into it, listeners. I'm just trying to pick Jared's brain here. Okay. You think of these two things side by side. We're going to do a simple math equation here. Oh, no. This is, I'm the worst at math, but go ahead. Action movie plus jet black ponytail equals John Claude Van Damme. No, 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 no. Not John Claude. What's his name? I can't remember his name, Dan. But you, you know what I'm me. talking about. Yeah, you gotta help me. Steven Seagal. <laughs> this is not a comment on the actor at all. Because he was actually really good. I enjoyed the lead actor in this movie. But just the jet black ponytail... <laughs> I couldn't stop seeing Steven Seagal the entire time. You know what? I was I didn't think of that at all. I, I definitely see the similarities there. That that kind of thing didn't doesn't bother me though. No, it didn't bother me. Like I said, the but. thing that I wish the main character because he's so badass, you know, and he's like a handsome badass mm -hmm. dude with a ponytail. He should kick people's asses more, and I feel like he yeah. doesn't do that in this movie. He really gets his ass kicked a lot, and I thought this film was going to be more about him going on a war path and like fucking people up. Hence the name. And it felt like there was like maybe one scene of him kind of going ape shit. And even then it, it felt a bit malicious and it wasn't like as fun as I thought it was going to be. Like this movie is a lot darker than I thought. I don't know. I, I, I felt like it was going to be like a Jean-Claude or a Steven Seagal type of like action film. Where he runs around and like punching and, and doing cool shit. And like, he's the hero. I don't know if there is a hero in this, which could be intentional. Yeah, I think it was intentional. And I like how intense and dark it got at times. Dan, do you have one more question for me? And then we'll jump into spoilers. Jared, how did you feel about the camera work in the film and the editing? Um, I liked it a lot. I thought a lot of it was really good, especially the transitions. So there's these really cool transitions. One is uh, that really stood out to me. And this isn't really a spoiler. But um, there's a like spinning windmills that are going really, really fast. Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, them being sped up against like the sun, you know, coming down looked really, really cool. Uh, there was also another cool transition where there is a camera flash and it's in the dark. 
and it you only see it for like a few seconds but like it's complete darkness and the camera flashes at you and then it opens and you see the camera for a second and it kind of like slowly fades away i thought that was really cool too Ooh, yeah um but yeah there's a lot of like really interesting transitional things that they do in the film that really set the mood and the and like how you get you in like the grittiness of it and that definitely supports what type of film it is so just because I thought it was going to be like a fun action movie and this movie turned out to be like a darker film, I cannot discredit it for that because it, it definitely executed on that really well. So we are going to spoil Warpath right now. It's 2019. You can find it on Amazon Prime if you'd like to watch it. Here we go. Spoilers in three, two, one. Dan. Spoiler. We're going to talk about yeah. this movie. Um, I'm excited, Jared. Yeah, and why don't we get into all these actors that you liked? So we have the character playing Eric is also named Eric, but with a K. Eric Jorn Soonquist. Yeah, he was great in this. Um, and then we have the uh, the main character who played Joel is uh, Gary Nohili. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly, but uh, also very good. And then uh, who else did you say you liked in this? Was it uh, Frank, the mob? Michael Uimari. Uh, oh, it's Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the character who played Sabrina, Liz Claire, did really, really Liz, good, too. yeah, Liz was great. Uh, there was a lot of fun scenes with, like, the home movie stuff that they did in this, where it was showing Joel and Sabrina together, and they're just kind of, like, having fun. It was that intro-opening home movies yeah. effect. Okay, how I want to structure this episode is positives first, and then I want to get into some negatives. So was there okay. any scene or any any other positive... Uh, stuff you want to talk about the scenes towards the end with eric and his well okay for one i didn't know it was father son for a while yep that's a big twist in the movie but just the scene where um frank basically abandons eric and is going to just blame everything on him and Eric gets super frustrated with that. And he like screams in the car. That was just such mm. a moment of primal rage of just desperation that, oh, I felt that so hard. <laughs> it was awesome. Because the crime boss guy, the whole time he's been telling all his underlings like, oh, you, you know, like you never snitch. You never do this. Blah, blah, blah. Like there's they have like a maybe not a code or whatever, but there's an honor system between these guys where they cannot turn against each other. And if anyone is a turncoat, they have to be eliminated immediately. And then, of course, we find out that he, the main fucking boss, is a turncoat. Gonna turn in his own son so he doesn't go to jail. And I'm like, oh, that's fucked up. You know, fuck that guy. That's what I say. But now tell me, Jared, how, how intimidating do you think he was? Because I thought he was crazy. At first glance, I'm like, oh, this is just a weird dude playing a crime boss. But then as a hit manager, excuse me, as the the film went on, he became more and more and more intimidating and scary. I'm like, holy shit. I think he was cast Great really casting. well. Yeah. I think the casting overall was really well done. And I think the acting overall was really good. Oh, Dan, could you like maybe do like a quick rundown of how, what, how the plot goes before we go into any more? Okay, so basically, um, Joel, he goes and tries to get these these files from a police officer, and he beats the shit out of the police officer, and he gets those files, and he starts to listen to the files. Yeah. 
big mistake. And he starts to realize But that, he's supposed to kill that cop, too, and he doesn't kill the cop. Yeah, and he doesn't. And he, he starts listening, and he kind of realizes who has been snitching and who's been doing what. And Frank, he's like, oh, he fucked us. And he's like, I'm going to send out all of my dudes to try to get all those files back because those files are going to put me underground or put me in jail. Didn't you think that that was going to be the rest of the film when it had that scene of everyone getting the text to go kill Joel? Yes. And then it kind of doesn't really come up again. It's like like two guys go after him and that's it. I was like, what? Well, I mean, I get I get what you're talking about with that. But you get a really intense scene because he's trying to protect his wife. And he's like, oh, shit, they're going to go after my wife first. And um, there's these great scenes with his ex-girlfriend that is his gun supplier, essentially. Mm -hmm. And he is trying desperately to get the means to defend himself throughout this entire film. So he goes to her. But then Eric, the guy who's after him, also goes to her because she's his gun supplier, too. So that's an interesting narrative development. But Eric eventually catches up with him and then he gets the wife and he kidnaps her. And it's a war path from there. <laughs> yeah, because like his best friend kidnaps his wife and, you know, Eric is conflicted because Joel is his best friend, but also Eric's kind of a psycho. Yeah, he's kind of an awful because like he beats a woman basically to death with a baseball bat when he did not need to do that. Uh, so it kind of shows that he is a bit unhinged and they're both hit men, too. So like how how morally good are they? I mean, they're trying to be in that yeah. gray area, but they're also murderers. So I don't know. It's interesting. We can there. thank John Wick for that. Thank you, John Wick. I want, hey, I want, John Wick is a saint and he never did anything wrong. I am tired of my morals getting mixed up in those morally abject characters like hitmen and Hitmans. and and mob bosses. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to see them have a change of heart. I want them to be bad. The world is black and white. That's right. I wanted to say good or bad on a hat that you wear. <laughs> I want to flip a coin and then maybe that's where my movie goes. To the yeah, to tales. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. That's not what movies do. You show up in the film, you flip a coin, and <laughs> depending on how it lands, that's how your character acts. You're like, I'm bad, apparently. <laughs> that would actually be fun. It was like live improv of all the different characters. And they have to decide how to do their scenes. That would be really interesting. Based on chance. That would be kind of insane. <laughs> Pitch it to your, your comedy spot. Okay, Dan. So now that we've gotten through, we're, we're pretty much at the latter half of the, the episode. I want to get into some critiques uh, that I have for this film. Because like you were saying on and off air, you like this movie. I like I enjoyed it for the most part. My enjoyment was really hurt by how ridiculous this plot was. This movie's plot was out <laughs> of control. Certain times it made absolutely no sense, and I'm going to have to talk about it. There's just no other okay, way around it. Okay, I'll try it. to defend it. I'll try to defend it. Uh, yes, so I'm going to... You might you might open my eyes to things that I didn't really think about. So I'm going to rain a hail of blows at you, and we'll see if you can defend yourself. All right. So there's a character named Richie. He is tortured because of another character named Dominique that goes missing. This only comes up again randomly when the crooked cop sees 
Richie at the park while he's talking to Joel. He goes, hey, look at that guy over there. He's all crippled. And that's one of the characters that Joel had tortured. But mm -hmm. other than that, who the fuck is Richie and Dominic and why do they matter to the plot? <laughs> because they never come up again. It's only there to be like, hey, Joel, remember when you tortured that guy? I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> but okay, I see. Like, that was a weird scene. I do agree with that. It was a weird scene. Like, the coincidence of... That yeah. guy that we don't know is just randomly across the park <laughs> right there where they're talking. That was strange. Eric beat a woman to death with a baseball bat. This is Joel's best friend. Eric is constantly rapey against Joel's wife, Sabrina. Yeah. And the big twist for that, because, okay, so a lot of my notes I wrote, twist, and we'll talk about all the twists. You already said it, but Eric is the, is the uh, hit manager's son, which was a big twist. Okay, Eric says they're running late to meet the boss. Then they proceed to go to the gym and work out. What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Awkward sexual tension between Joel and Gun Girl. And I, I don't know the Gun Girl's name. I just was always calling her Gun Girl, right? But so this would have been in really good scenes if Joel wasn't married. Literally recently mm. married. And he's, like, hitting on Gun Girl and, like, letting her, like, touch his crotch and shit. It just kind of made me feel icky. How did that make you feel? Well, I mean, I don't want to say it made me feel icky, but as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, they must have a history together. Well, yeah. And I was just trying to figure out the, the, the context of that relationship. And I didn't really figure it out until, like, later into the movie. But, yeah, I guess you're right, like, with his... Maybe have him be apprehensive, but she's apprehensive later on in the film. She's like, you need to get the fuck out. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird in a regular action movie. If he didn't have a wife, it would have been sexy and like kind of like a fun flirty yeah. thing. But because of this added layer of that, he has literally just got married to his wife, who spoiler is his wife is pregnant and she's been hiding it from him. I don't know. It, it made the whole thing feel strange. All right. The hit manager says there's a big job, then says there aren't any jobs. Joel says he needs a job, and the boss says, yeah, but you don't work for free. And I say, yeah, no shit. He's a fucking hit man, and you hire him to do jobs for money. I'm not even one page through my notes. Joel puts a bunch of handguns in it, like loosely just in his suitcase, and he puts a bunch of clothes on it, right? His wife sees this. Joel sees that his wife sees this and, and you're like, what is going, like, how does his wife not know what he does for a living? Cause he tells her that he's in construction, a yeah, construction worker. Yeah. To the movie's credit, they do establish that big twist. Sabrina actually knows that Joel is a hitman because, okay, here's another twist. Sabrina is a plant for the cops to spy on Joel so they can learn about the, the hit manager and his activities, but because Sabrina has fallen in love with Joel, I guess she's feeding them false information, right? Mm. But how do you convince someone on your first date that you're a hitman and then you fall in love with them? It just, that is like, that's a stretch. Like maybe if they were dating for like a couple years or something. And hey like, man, okay. she's a model, okay? She's a goth model. Hey, that could be a lie too. We don't know. Well, I mean... This whole film could have been a lie. Like, That's this right. whole film is a lie. Since when did this happen? <laughs> what do you want, Jared? Films are hard to make. I don't know what I want. 
All right, so um, Jill breaks into the, the crooked cop's house, right? Because the crooked cop is trying to blackmail the mob. Right. So he breaks in, he beats him up, like you said, and then he doesn't kill him, which is interesting because he's con- trying to convince him, like, hey, if you do this, your whole career is over. Like, you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life. And then he tells him there that he has a son that he doesn't even know about. But why would the cop have all of the evidence that he's collected on one disc? There are big plot holes. I'm I'm seeing these glaring plot holes. I don't like why did this film take me for a ride? Why did I not get bothered by this? Everyone's meeting at Gun Lady's house. Why doesn't Gun Lady tell Joel that the person who fucking kidnapped his wife is also coming to the same house? She could have done this while patching him up during that scene. I thought she was absolutely going to tell him, "Hey, uh by the way, your best friend Eric is showing up and He's kidnapped your fucking wife because there's no way she wouldn't know this. Yeah. It was really weird because if, if he confronted him, then there's no more movie. He saves his wife and that's, <laughs> she's just trying to stay out of the, like the, okay. Her character is so strange because yeah. she's, she's an avid supplier and she's flirting with him. Mm-hmm. But then later on in the film, she's like, okay, I've had enough. I'm out. Uh, I'm just trying to make my way, and I have I have a new boyfriend that gets he gets fucking roughed up in this movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Did he die or did they just beat the shit out of him? I don't think he died. Um, but yeah, he gets fucked up real good. I just think she was keeping a safe distance. Maybe that's how I maybe rationalized okay. it in my head. So she was conflicted on keeping her career and helping Joel. But okay, but uh, now to complicate it, Frank, the hit manager. Mm-hmm. He's like, why do you use that girl for all of this? And he's like, oh, I trust her. So it's 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 all Joel who's using this, and Eric's just kind of following along as a resource. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I don't know. It's it is weird. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sabrina makes Baldy, who is uh, that's the you know what I'm talking about with Baldy. He's like a character kind of shows up a little later. He's the guy helping Eric. Yes. So. She holds him at gunpoint with a shotgun that they left in the back of their van because she's just not tied up in the back of a van because they kidnap her, right? So here's the weird part. Sabrina and Baldi know each other. But in this scene, she's acting like, I have a shotgun on you. I want you to drive away so I can get out of here because they're both undercover. She's undercover because she's trying to get info on Joel. Baldi is undercover because he's an undercover fucking cop. Why, when all of this is happening... Why is he not doing anything? Because he's like, you haven't been deep undercover before. So why don't you <laughs> shut the fuck up? Well, here, right? I'll explain it. But he's like, the reason I'm not helping you, because later on, he even talks to her about it. It's when you both find out that he's an undercover cop. The reason I'm not doing this is because we're trying to catch the hit manager. We need info to catch him. And I cannot act until my boss tells me that I can reveal myself and we if we have enough information. My question is, how do they not have enough information at this point? I mean, it's all on one CD, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they already have him dead to rights. I don't get it. They so, have all his whole operation on a CD. <laughs> God, like, I, was I not paying attention to, like, any of the plot holes? You were having fun. And, and you know what? And, I guess that's what it was. I was just so enamored again with with Eric. Like, okay, the the one scene I want to talk about is the confrontation at the diner. That scene was fucking amazing. That scene was really good. Basically, um, Joel goes to a diner 
And um, Eric shows up and he's like, hey, man, I have your wife. And for some reason, Bald Cop and other gun girl are across the way and he's holding her at gunpoint. This is explained because they kidnap gun girl to use as leverage against Joel. Oh. So he would be more inclined to give the disc. So that actually oh. made sense to me. Okay, 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 okay. You know what doesn't make sense? What? Is when they order a beer and the guy brings them two yeah. beers and the, the beer bottles are sealed. He doesn't open them for them. Yeah, that was really they weird. Just leave immediately. Very strange. <laughs> Wait, no, they don't leave. Somebody comes up to the table and like forces him away from the table. Yeah. And then I forgot what triggers it, but basically all hell breaks loose at this point and a lot of innocent people in the diner get shot. And it's not cool. But it was awesome. So, okay, now I'm going to point out a lot of things that don't make sense in this scene, because this is one of the big scenes I wanted to talk about, too. So Eric says, you don't even have her, referring to his wife. And he almost gets up and leaves. And Eric goes, listen, I have the wedding ring. And he shows him the wedding ring. Joel, literally in the last scene, had just got done talking to Eric on the phone. He called him. And Eric goes, hey, I have your wife here with me. Puts the wife on the phone. The wife is like, hey, come save me. He's like, oh, you're right. I will do that. He knows that Eric has his wife. So why in this scene would he be like, you don't even have her? (laughs) What the fuck? What the fuck, Dan? So it's just inconsistent with what is happening on the screen versus what's happening on the page. So yeah, Dan, I could go on and on, um, but I think you get the point. There are uh, there are a lot of holes in this movie, and um, it really it really hurt my enjoyment of the film. And I think that's unfortunate because there was a lot of love and care that went into this movie, and a lot of really cool action shots and and cinematography and like acting and just so much of it came together. And I just wish it had a, a better foundation that it was built on. So that's interesting. Like I'll say that I guess my tunnel vision kicked in. Like and that's just good. these plot holes didn't bother me. Yeah. But now that you say them out loud, it's just like they are pretty glaring. Mm-hmm. But again, I was just I, I think what it was is I was so enamored by the acting and I I just wanted to get through this really cool um, you know, story about a hitman hitman scorned by the hit manager. I'm not even saying that a film has to make complete sense all the time because this is my classic example. Jurassic World. That movie mm. is dumb as shit. There are so many plot holes and things that don't make any fucking sense, but it's such a joy and a thrill to watch that whole movie that I was like, I mm-hmm. don't care. So I think people can find enjoyment in this. I think for me personally, maybe if there was more action in like that, the dumbness was enhanced, then maybe mm-hmm. it would have been able to carry me through all of the nonsense because I mean, I'm no stranger to it. And again, like I said, like you don't have to have like a a fucking Sherlock Holmes movie where everything like fits like a puzzle piece. That's just me being nitpicky. Um, Right. But yeah. So those are my final thoughts. Dan, how did you feel? Even with the plot holes, it's a movie that I think I could recommend just if anybody wants to be a, you know, person who partakes in independent films, like get away from the mainstream. It had enough entertainment to get me through everything and i think a lot of the the scenes were really well acted and i think a lot of the intensity they are able to achieve is that's probably what 
got it for me was how intense this film gets. Like there's this really, really awesome scene that it's, it's so scary of um, whenever Eric and his friend are there at the, at one point, whenever they're first kidnapping the wife and they're oh, yeah. trying to mm-hmm. kill or incapacitate Joel. And they're like over, just hovering over this woman. I'm like, are they going to fucking rate? Like, oh my God. Like, yeah, this is a gets scary. really, really tough scene. Aspects like that got me through the film. And I guess I was just so excited to see what what more they can bring to the table that I just overlooked the plot holes. But, I mean, yeah, plot holes are there, man. Plot, like, I've been teaching, uh, this past week I taught Wally to my high schoolers. There's so many mm-hmm. fucking plot holes in Wally, and that's a huge commercial success. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. The minute you put any kind of thought into Wally, you're like, this movie is fucking stupid. Like, what is going on? <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. I guess what I'll say is there were too many in this film for me to ignore. Okay. There were just too many. Fair assessment. Uh, I'm the worst. That's all. <laughs> in my defense, I'm the worst. Uh, all right. So, uh, Dan, why don't you do some plugs? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. You can submit money to us. We have a Patreon. Tell your money not to money my way. You don't have to. I don't necessarily enjoy asking for money, so I just suggest that you can... Mm. Open up your pocketbooks. Oh yeah. Oh, dip dip your fingers into a digital Ooh. digital reverie of currency mm. and just slide That's us right. slide us a dollar bill over there every month. You know what I mean? We're yeah. now accepting a uh, Dogecoin, so <laughs> go to your local Dogecoin dealer and uh yeah. That's I, isn't that more than five dollars though? <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. Dan, was that all the plugs? I don't know, because I cut you Yes, off. but, okay, so the Patreon, primarily for filmmakers, if you want to get your film bumped up to a priority list, because we have a six-month waiting list, because there's so many of them. So we actually do have a new Patreon, Dan. Uh, Roberto submitted on the $5 tier, so thank you so much, Roberto. Shout out. Appreciate you. He wants us to uh, uh, cover one of his newer short films, which we will do very soon. Yes, newer because he submitted to us in the past. And we quite enjoyed his work, so we are more than happy to look at his new short film. Yeah, he great. sent us Dear Melissa, so he that was yes. his feature film, which was great. Go back and listen to Dear Melissa, go watch Dear Melissa, and get ready for us to cover his new film. Yeah, baby! So it, it is a short film, so we're going to cover it with a couple other shorties. Uh, because I don't, I don't know if we could do 30 minutes on an 11-minute movie. We probably could, but... Uh, I just, I kind of want to get more of these short films knocked out. Anyways, this has been going, I've been talking for so fucking long. Uh, Thank you all for listening so much. Uh, Necropodicon Network. Go check out the necropodicon.com. Click on the link to the Discord. I appreciate you. I value you as a listening customer. That's right. You're all customers. And I'm trying to steal your money through Patreon. (laughs) Dan, you have the final word. I'm just a lowly hitman working my way up the corporate ladder to be a hit manager. And maybe after I'm a hit manager, I could be a, a, a CEO. That's right. Kill everyone all the time. That's what that stands for. I didn't go to school. I'm a hitman. Uh, have a good night. I turned into sling blade. 
Hey. Hey. Hey, Erica. Hey, Danny. Hey. Hey. I'm looking for a podcast to listen to, a new one. I want it to stimulate me intellectually, and I want to learn something from it. Right. And I want to feel smart when I listen to it. Well, put your adventure backpack on and keep hiking. This is not the one for you. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yep, not at all. Not at all. This ain't the one. Nope. Keep keep looking. (laughs) Okay, well, what if I want to laugh at terrible literature? Check. Be tortured by the ghosts of my past? Check. Fall in love with creativity? Double check. I think we might have found the perfect fit. Okay, great. All right, what's the show? Well, I'm glad you asked, Danny. It's called Grow Out of It, a podcast about laughing at learning from and loving our creative childhood selves. Ah, I love that show. Yeah. I'm a host on that show. How did you know? Wow. This is... This took a dark turn. Do you have amnesia? (laughs) 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 Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.